BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Friday edition of the call up and for I feel like for Friday episodes, Jack, we got to do something a little bit more fun, a little bit uh, more whimsical. And today we're going to be talking about underrated prospects. There's just something about the word underrated that's like fun, exciting and intriguing. And that's what we're going to talk about today. If if talking underrated prospects is the fun and whimsical thing that we do, uh, I feel like maybe we picked the wrong profession. I'm not sure. Um, So you don't agree with what I'm saying? No, I, I do agree with you because like, it's more fun than I know a, a lot of people's desks jobs are, but you know, I feel like it's go out, have a good Friday night, but instead we're sitting here like, you know what? I'm going to let loose today with some fun and whimsical stuff. Underrated prospects. That, that, that sounds great to me. Uh, it's a beautiful day in New York city. Uh, I know a lot of people are out and about uh, my, my cousin is in town, uh, but I told him I'll, I'll catch you later. I got to talk about underrated prospects. So that's exactly what we're going to do. And uh, I'm excited because we're hitting that point now, still early, still small sample sizes, but we're getting to the point where the sample sizes are holding a little bit more weight. But this is also a carryover from last year, which is great is that after last year, it was so tough with the small sample sizes through the first month of the season, because you had nothing to go off of from 2020. Now we can see how guys finished the year last year and see if it spilled over into this year. You also have spring training to work with as well. And, you know, everyone has their own story. Um, and that's what we're going to kind of jump into here is each of the breakout prospects. Most of the guys that we listed, we, we handpicked as guys that we are sold on for the most part. But I think there's varying degrees of what sold means based on their performance. Uh, so we're going to get into it from hitters in the forefront and then we're going to do pitchers on the back end and, uh, you know, I wanted to start 
with, and again, we could talk about Matt Mervis uh, because he just got the bump up from double A. And that was a really fun interview uh, last week or not even last week. Jeez. Time is like in a standstill right now on Wednesday, Wednesday's episode with Matt Mervis. He was awesome. And uh, really insightful undrafted guy that is mashing just got called up to double A right after the episode, which was so cool uh, to hear that right after two hits yesterday in his double a game, Jack. So Matt Mervis continues to hit. That's an underrated guy, but one of his teammates from Katuit in the Cape league that I got to see a lot of last year, he's going to be a guest on the podcast next week. And that's not why I'm mentioning, mentioning him though. I'm mentioning him because he is raking Casey Schmidt. He has been unbelievable third base prospect in the San Diego pod, or excuse me, in the San Francisco giants organization. And I mean, this guy, I really believe, and I sent you a whole little montage just now on his uh, defensive plays at third base as of late. I really do, and I'm not even trying to be hyperbolic. I think he is the best defensive third baseman in the minor leagues. That goes back to the Cape League. I, I talked to Mike Roberts, his coach there, who's you know uh, one of the the Rovers in the Pittsburgh Pirates organization. He's been around for a long time. He said one of the best defensive third basemen he's seen at that level, and. Uh, I think a lot of it backs it up. I have a video on Twitter right now, but oh, by the way, Jack, he's hitting 326, 408, 607 so far this year for none other than the Eugene Emeralds. Yep. He is the unsung hero of the Eugene Emeralds. And wouldn't you know, Casey Schmidt is one of the guys that has an OPS over a thousand. Um, I feel like, you know, it, at the minimum, you have to be like a 900, 950 OPS guy to be considered an underrated breakout guy a month and a half into the minor league season yeah. at the moment. And is Schmidt fits the criteria there. Um, you sent me that video right before we got going and you said, watch this. And I was just thrown because, you know, it's all the plays that everybody wants to make, but so yeah. few people can make and he can make all of them and he can make all of them look easy. But again, this guy's hitting 326 with an OPS over a thousand, 29 games, 89 at bats. I mean, this guy's only punched out 23 times, 12 walks, and he's got seven bombs already. If he can provide any offensive value, the glove is going to carry him to Major League Baseball. Oh, 100%. 100%. And it's funny. You asked me off the air the other day, you know, when you were in Katua, what guys did you you chat up a little bit, you know, and which guys were, were, were really friendly? You know, some go about their business doesn't mean they're not friendly. They're just more locked in. But which do you kind of socialize before the game, talk to you? I totally slipped my mind. Casey Schmidt was probably one of the funniest guys on the team. He's very loose. But at the same time, when he gets on the mound or in the field, he is super, super locked in. And I love that balance. I, everyone on the team would have told you he's one of the funniest guys out there. But he was also the closer for Katua. He was the closer for San Diego State. And initially, it was thought that he would be a two-way guy. He had a mid-90s fastball and a nasty splitter. Uh, but ultimately, the Giants said, hey, let's let's focus on on just playing third base and hitting. And that arm, though, you can see it at the hot corner when he's making all these crazy throws on the run across his body, uh, you know, either any kind of difficult arm slot, he does it. And now the power is starting to tick into his game as well. Yeah. And just a reminder that when a guy is a two way guy and you're thinking of pigeonholing him into one almost always it's you're going to pitch because mm -hmm. everybody needs more pitchers. You might have some depth at third base that you don't have to worry about, but they decided, Hey, the bat and the glove are so good. Let's have you do that. You have to be an exceptional hitter to go strictly to hitting. Look at Brendan McKay. Brendan McKay was one of the best hitters in the country, but he was at Louisville and he won the golden spikes, but Tampa has, pitch. 
Yeah, Tampa has pigeonholed him into being a pitcher. That's just how that worked with him. But Casey Schmidt, he went the other way. And I mean, it's been working out, right? And this is something we've talked about with Alec Burleson, two-way guy in college that really, I bring him up a lot because I, it's one of my favorite examples of just focusing on hitting and how it allows you to, to work out in the right way and build your body differently. Uh, Matt Mervis said the same thing. He's like, just the fact that I don't have to worry about arm care because Mervis was a two-way guy in the Cape and a two-way guy at Duke. The fact that I don't have to worry about doing arm care and bands and I can spend all that time doing more things that are focused towards hitting uh, and mobility, it just changes everything. And I, I'd imagine that that's the same thing for Casey Schmidt. And I mean, we've seen across the board improvement uh, for him, a little bit more strikeouts, uh, but that's what comes with more power. The strikeouts are still in check at 22%. He's walking 4% more frequently, and he's nearly matched his home run total from last year in just 29 games. He has seven home runs. He had eight home runs in 64 games last year. You had an awesome comp uh, earlier before we started recording, which I actually really like because I think Schmidt has sneaky power. I think there's more in there, but it's probably closer to 50 to 55 raw and probably 45 to 50 game. And that's on the high end. You said Santiago Espinal, who is one of the best defensive third basemen in baseball. He's starting to swing it really well. He's got sneaky gap to gap power. We'll, we'll put it over the wall from time to time, uh, but is just so good defensively at third. And I really like that comp uh, for Casey Schmidt. I think that's a really good one. So uh, that would be a really great outcome. I think if you're a Giants fan, I think you'd be thrilled with a Santiago Espinal type of outcome. I think everybody wants a Santiago Espinal right now because it, with Biggio, I mean, he hasn't been around, right? So Espinal has been that pleasant surprise where, okay, he's going to provide some defensive versatility. It'll be good. And then all of a sudden he's on this crazy on base streak and he's hitting the ball and he's spraying it all over the field. And it's like, oh, wow, this guy can actually be a piece of the Blue Jays moving forward. He can play really good defense at three spots. I don't yeah. know if Casey Schmidt can play really good defense at three spots. Could he? I think he could if they really wanted him to. He's so good at third and his arm's so good that I'm not sure if they they really want him to necessarily, but I think he's capable of doing so. Because if you look at the clip I tweeted, um, that one specifically, because it's like this wide view from above home plate, he makes the play. And by the time he makes the throw, he's about like two steps from second base. Yeah. Like If you're a shortstop, <laughs> you got to feel pretty comfortable. He really takes care of any concern about the shortstop being able to go in the hole because he will take care of that for you. He's got some crazy range. Yeah, 100%. And, it, you know, with Espinal, it's like the bat. It, what's nice about him is the bat to ball is there too. And that's what you see with Casey Schmidt, right? You mentioned that the strikeouts have ticked up a little bit. He's punched out 23 games or 23 times in 29 games. It's not I'll bad. take that 11 times out of 10. Especially when you're walking more too and, and hitting for more power. So, very much looking forward to the conversation with Casey Schmidt next week. Uh, I think you all will enjoy that as well. And uh, not just plugging him because he's coming on the show. Uh, I think when he got an over 1000 OPS and elite defense, uh, uh, very exciting to see what he's doing over there. Um, another player that has taken that big leap this year offensively and a guy that just got promoted to triple a, it was broken by our own Ethan Badowski who uh, broke that news that Gerard Encarnacion would be promoted from double to triple a after Really putting together an unbelievable stretch, Jack. And I'll be honest. I mean, we all knew what Gerard Encarnacion was capable of. We saw flashes of it when he made, we talked about the Florida State League in the past and how it used to be a graveyard. And it still is, but it's just not the same league. But how for high A, it was a graveyard for hitters. He transcended that graveyard. He crushed baseballs at that level. But 
then really just struggled over the last year and a half Did not really make enough contact, struck out 38% of the time in double A last year. That did not seem to spill over into this season. And through 31 games this year, almost matched his home run total with eight homers. He upped his walk rate marginally, but cut his K rate by 13% and was hitting 358, 426, 583. Jack, he hit a home run 482 feet. Um, and I talked to some of his teammates. They were saying a whole take one arm to lunging swings that go 400 feet. Uh, when I hear that, uh, Look, I have questions about the bat to ball overall at the highest level, but he's kind of answering those. He's off to a blazing start, already two home runs in three games in triple A. I think we've got to start taking this guy seriously. Yeah, no, you mentioned that he almost passed his home run t- total from a year ago. Um, now he did. And then he got, now he did. Yeah, with yeah. two bombs in three games. Um, you see him and you see superhuman strength. Mm-hmm. You see this guy that looks like he has been in the weight room since he was in the womb. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's the kind of guy that, that Gerard Encarnacion is. Um, I always thought it was Herar, so I was calling him Herar. So I got to I gotta scrub that from my mind. It's Gerard Encarnacion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think this guy with Blade struggling in AAA and with the big league outfielders struggling at the big league level, I think this guy should get an opportunity sooner, sooner rather than later. Which is crazy to say, man, because if you told me that before the year, like, oh, we'll be talking about Gerard Encarnacion as a potential call up by May, not being called up in May, but just having the conversation about it in May is nuts. But I'm with you, man. And it's like he hasn't blinked in AAA either. We'll see how, you know, how it goes as we get a larger sample size. But what really impresses me is the improvement in contact rate um, and the improvement with his overall approach. Uh, if he keeps the strikeout rate anywhere under 30%, which is where it's at right now at 25%, he's in business because he is going to hit the ball so hard. He's going to have so much quality of contact in, turn, in the slugging department that you're going to be just fine if you're Encarnacion. So I, I really like what we've seen from him. I don't think there's much to not like. And when you're hitting 115 mile per hour home runs over 480 feet, I think you can really dream on the power potential there. The defense is bad. It really is bad. Yeah. Um, he has a cannon for an arm, but he's brutal out there. So I don't know, you know, if it would be a DH situation, if Garrett Cooper, you know, inevitably gets hurt, what the situation would be. Uh, but he, he's he got it. The Marlins need offense and he could provide it. And he has been just dynamite this year. If he keeps hitting in triple A, I think he's going to force his way up there, which is pretty exciting. He's already on the 40 man, which is an important detail as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and he can't hide in the outfield. He's six four two fifty, So like, you know, he's not mobile. Um, I don't know where he plays defensively. Is it right? But he can't move. He, it's right because he has a rocket arm, but that he can't move. He can't move. So that's the problem. He's probably a DH slash first baseman type, most likely. Uh, but I mean, look, if he's hitting and he's he played 21 games so far in double A in right field. And you now if he's hitting. You justify it because the Marlins need the offense way too badly. So I'm here for it. Excited to see him hitting in AAA. His first home run, by the way, it was a pitch up at his shoulders that he hit the other way for a home run. And I'm just like, no way. Yeah. Opposite field elevated at his shoulders. I I, I think I never reply to team tweets. I never do it. But the jumbo shrimp tweeted it. And I just like knee jerk was just like, what a swing. I, I just reply and again, like I just, I just the auto generated, like 
random reply that, that is almost useless, but I was just like, what a swing. I just had to reply because it was the yeah. great, it was just so freakish as you put it. So very excited about what he's doing and, and a big development for the Marlins who don't develop offense very well. So very good to see that um, from Gerard and Carnacion. Uh, another toolsy freak that has been really good this year, uh, by the way of the San Diego Padres organization, organization is Story Ruiz. And I gave him a little bit of a shout out um, an episode ago when we were just talking about, you know, cards that could be worth investing in, um, some guys that have been off to hot starts. And uh, Story Ruiz has been freaking crazy, man. And I would love to hear uh, what you're thinking so far, because it has been bizarre how good he has been in like the best way possible. Uh, he came off a year last year, Jack, where at the double A level, 84 games, 249, 328, 411. Look, that's not bad by any means. It's, it's rather average. 98 WRC plus would reflect that. Stole 36 bags. He's a blazer. He also hit 10 home runs. So far this season, Jack, cut the K rate down, doubled the walk rate, sitting 351, 497 on base percentage, 588 uh, slugging percentage. Probably not going to sustain that, but the fact that he's getting on base the way he is, 24 bags already in 36 games is actually hilarious. Uh, and he has five home runs as well. What impresses me about Asturi Ruiz is that he actually has a little bit of this power-speed combination. 70-grade runner, but he, he's capable of above-average power, which we're starting to see, um, but it's not selling out for it. It's gap-to-gap gap that turns into you know home runs over the wall. This guy might have figured it out. I, I need to see a little bit more, but he's got my attention. So um, he's halfway to his homer total from last year. Again, 84 games in double A last year, 36 so far this year, the same level, double A San Antonio. Um, so he's got five homers in 36 games, a little less than half, um, and then 10 homers in 84 games in 2021. Doubles, though, Astori Ruiz with a couple of nice nights can match his doubles total less than halfway to the amount of games that he played in 2021. So he's hitting doubles more. And I'm with you. He's got power in different ways. He could hit 10 to 15 at the big league level. I'd say probably closer to 10. But if he hits you 25 doubles and swipes 35 bags, 40 bags, that's a power speed combo that you love. And he can, you know, fit somewhere in the field. But you mentioned that strikeout rate dropping and the walk rate doubling. What else do you ridiculous. want? What else do you ridiculous. want? Dude, yeah. 28, 28 walks, 73 punch outs in 84 games last year, 27 walks, 31 punch outs in 36 games this year. I mean, like what, again, like what else would you want to see from a young hitter? He's still only 23. And it was funny because fan graphs just came out with their updated, uh, you know, prospect rankings for the Padres. And there were some surprises in there. I was expecting Ruiz to have a little bit more helium with, with fan graphs. I think they maybe finalized that list earlier in the season. I would like to see where his prospect ranking starts to trend as we start to see the updates across the league, because I'm looking at Ruiz as a guy that by the midseason update, I'm considering, I'm considering top 100 conversation here um, for Ruiz in terms of just, if he's doing all of these things, Jack, how can I not justify having him, you know, on the top 100 list, or at least, you know, in the conversation and a couple episodes ago, we broke down breakout hitting prospects for, for this. This is more underrated and the two can overlap. And this is one of the only guys that's going to overlap uh, in this context here. And I think he's overlapping because 
the tools are off the charts, which is what's really making him underrated for me. Uh, the breakout is because he's finally found a way to, you know, hone in on these tools. He made a slight adjustment to his swing to get more athletic, use his lower half a bit more. And what I love, Jack, is it's so simple from him. Not much of a leg kick. The only difference was he really just got more into his legs. And he already just, just loads back, very quiet toe tap, and explodes. It's all athleticism in the box. We've seen 109-mile-an-hour exit velos. And again, 24 for 28 on stolen bases. There's a similar almost... I mean, I'm not saying he's quite going to have this type of ability, but there's a similar type of production to Starling Marte, which is like the 40 stolen bases and will sprinkle in 15 home runs. I don't think he's going to give you the defense. Uh, still trying to figure out what his position is going to be. Yeah. He's more of a super utility guy. But how many guys are stealing 40 bags and, and throwing in 15 plus home runs? Where, where are you seeing that? It, Marte is stronger. I, I, I agree. I agree. That. But it doesn't really show up in the in the power department. Yeah, I, I think it shows up in the... I think it shows up in a lot of other places. Defense, I think the strength of Starling Marte oh, absolutely shows up defensively. Oh, no, his defense is way better. I'm saying pure offensive statistics. Yeah, I mean, I, who I else guess is putting up Who else is putting up those lines? Like, How do you compare that? I don't think anybody. That's the thing. Like, speed has always been around for him. Speed will always be around for him. I mean, when he was in Fort Wayne and Low A in 2018, guy swiped 49 bags. That's dumb. That's dumb. So he's one of the fastest guys in minor league baseball. And among the fastest guys in minor league baseball, he's the only one that has that kind of power. Like David that, Hamilton that's what I'm came over in the Renfro trade. David Hamilton is one of the fastest guys in minor league baseball. He's got Zippo power. He's got that's nothing. I, I would love to, to like pull it up in terms of just, you know, how many guys are stealing that many bags and putting up one Oh five plus exit velos. It's just, it's extremely rare. Um, it's extremely rare. So I don't think he has the, the physical gifts that Marte has, but the, the combination of stolen base ability and power for talking about fantasy perspective, this could be a guy that will be very popular. And if you're in dynasty leagues, cause I know there's some dynasty league people that like to listen to this podcast. I would look at scooping him up because when you're doubling up your walk rate, you've cut the chase rate down by that much. The zone contact is up. The ground ball rate is down. The line drives are just sprayed all over. He's very interesting, Jack. And, uh, if he keeps doing this at the double A level, definitely worth considering in the top 100 update, right? I don't think that's crazy to say. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. And I, I just went on a little dive um, on stolen base leaders in minor league baseball right now and what their power numbers are. Max Ferguson is the stolen base leader in all of minor league baseball at the moment. He's low A for Lake Elsinore. So same system, the Padres system. He's hitting a buck 91, <laughs> but this guy has 40 walks in 32 games, 40 walks, 33 punch outs, and he's 29 for 32 on the bags. He's got no home runs so far, though. Um, and then let's see, Sasaki. Who is Shane Sasaki? Not, not a clue. He's in the Tampa system. Sasaki is 25 for 25 in stolen bases. Again, zero home runs so far. Uh, and then there's one more guy ahead of him, Yoswar Garcia, who is... Oh my God. Who is this guy? Uh, the Clearwater Threshers. Who is that an affiliate of? Do we even know? Clearwater. Th I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. Well, uh, this cat, uh, what was his name? My so here's the point. Fucking out on me. <laughs> here's the point. Like, there's not many guys, and it's the Phillies, by the way. I, I actually knew that. Damn. There's not many guys that are notable that are putting up these kind of stolen base numbers while also actually hitting. 
Yeah. That's the point. <laughs> That's the point. And point received. Um, <laughs> next up is Colt Keith, who, you know, this is a guy that I think in Tiger circles is probably not underrated. I know, you know, Tiger fans do a great job of keeping up with their system. I, I, it's one of my favorite things. I think Cubs fans and Tigers fans are some of the best in baseball when it comes to being knowledgeable of, of the prospects that you have. Um, and, you know, some of that is because of the fact that they've been so bad for so long uh, in a lot of occasions. But Cole Keith is really, really good. Um, and, and it was a little bit of a rough debut in high A for him last year, but he was great in low A. And remember, this was a high school guy who's still 20 years old. So he was 19 years old, got a taste of high A. I think it was great that he got that taste last year, but it was a very bitter taste for him where he hit just 162, 250, 250, um, which is which is not good. Uh, but then this year really got back into it and looks phenomenal. 314, 371, 518 slash line, uh, 8.6% walk rate, 21 20.5% K rate, four home runs and 22 driven in. I really like this guy because it's doubles again, that sneak out. You know, I think there's above average potential power, but I love the hit tool. I think there's a potential plus hit tool. there. a really good field to hit a really good ability to use the whole field and a lot of polish for a high school guy uh, that, you know, has gone pretty quickly now up to high a and to adjust after what was a very rough debut, I think says a lot about him. I love his swing. I love his moves. He seems to know himself really well as a hitter. And I think there's a lot more power projection here for a guy that's 6'3", 210 pounds at just 20 years old. Yeah, I mean, this guy is, he's an extra base hit machine right now. 18 extra base hits in, what, 33 games? Um, and just looking at the Midwest League leaders in extra base hits at the moment, Alex McGarry is like 26 years old. He was an Oregon State guy. Uh, he's in the red system now. Eddie Leonard, who I know that we both like in the Dodgers system, he is ripping the ball left and right. He's got 19 extra base hits. And then Wenzel Perez, also in the Tigers system, has 19 extra base hits. And then it's Colt Keith. So I this guy is, is slapping the ball. You mentioned the doubles. That's big. But he's got four bombs in 33 games. And there's more. And there's more coming. Like those doubles will turn into home runs. Again, he's he's big. He's got he's got a big frame, but I think what I like about him is he's not trying to do too much. He he knows. And remember when we talked to Hassel, Hassel's like, yeah, I could try to sell out a little bit more, basically. But like, yeah. I'm going for the doubles. That's what I can control more. And I know that as I build out physically, as I continue to grow and mature, more of those doubles will just naturally turn into home runs. I haven't spoken to Colt Keith, but that's what his approach tells me. And that's what I when I see his ABs, that's what that tells me. And you know what? It's already starting to happen a little bit. And this guy is really talented. The Tigers have a good one here. I think he was a great pick. Uh, I'm trying to remember when exactly they selected him. Do you have it in front of you? Actually, now I have it in front of me. He was a fifth round pick over slot guy in 2020. Um, but I, I'm, I'm a big fan of his. And I think he could be a really, really good piece for them. Putting up good numbers at just 20 years old. Yeah, and he's got a good jawline too. Uh, Zanesville, Ohio guy. Uh, went to high school in Biloxi, Mississippi. Catch Ooh. us in Biloxi next week. Ooh, we'll be there very soon. Can't wait. Uh, Going to be really fun to have a lot of content for you guys out from there. A lot of player interviews coming up there uh, next week and a lot of firsthand accounts of prospects that we'll be looking at. So I cannot wait uh, to get that done. But let's move on to the pitchers now, right? I, I don't know if there's any other hitters we really want to mention. Um, We're going to go into some of the like investment eBay side of things uh, at the end. Uh, but I don't know if I have any more hitters we really need to get into. Is there anyone else uh, that in passing maybe you'd want to mention, Jack? Yeah, um, two guys that I'm watching every day 
Mason Martin is one of them, and uh, Cal Mitchell is another one of them. And they're they're two top 30 prospects for the Pirates, but they're on the back half of that top 30 at the moment. Mason Martin is a physical specimen. I mean, that guy takes better care of his body than anybody that I've ever seen. And just seeing him with like shorts on around the cage and BP, I'm like, wow, your calves are popping more than any first baseman should. Um, so he's a physical specimen that hits the shit out of the ball. Um, and, and the strikeout numbers were massive for him. I think it was like 37, 38% K rate last year. Uh, he's down to 31% right now. And he's among the international league leaders in extra base hits. Um, and then Cal Mitchell has a very, very solid swing. And this guy's filled out more and more as the years have progressed since he was drafted out of high school. So Mitchell was that high round pick um, that was slowly but surely making his way through the system. It wasn't a big splash, but I mean, Cal Mitchell, he's swinging a really good bat right now. And I think he's over 300. I, I mean, both those guys, I think, have really changed their outlook. Uh, and even though people say, oh, yeah, Martin strike out 31 percent, if he keeps it there. And the big question is, would that stay there at the big league level? Some guys, they're 31 percent at every stop. Like that was what yeah. Joey Gallo was. It, it didn't. He was 34 in double A, but he was 34 in the big leagues uh, once he got acclimated. And that was OK for him. I think Mitchell or, or not Mitchell, excuse me, uh, Martin. Is, is someone that could keep it in the 30% range. And if he can do that, his slugging on contact is so stupid. Uh, he's already hit a home run 118 miles an hour this year, yeah. which is hilarious. Uh, the power is off the charts. So it, it, he's, he's another small tweak away, but he seems like he's inching in the right direction. And I think people forget, you know, Mason Martin's not some 26-year-old guy with a ton of 22. power. He's young. He's young. So he could use a whole year. He doesn't need to be up there anytime soon. Spend the whole season there. He could repeat in AAA. I think they'll call him up this year, but theoretically he could repeat in AAA and he's still young for the level. He has plenty of time to work through it and continue to get better with the bat to ball. Uh, and look, he's heading in the right direction. I think that's incredibly encouraging. Uh, you know, you, you can't just turn into a bat to ball guy overnight, uh, but with the quality of, of contact that he's able to produce, I think it's extremely encouraging. Yeah, no, I, I think he's been phenomenal. And then Cal Mitchell, the other guy, um, I really like how how simple the swing is with him. Oh, yeah. I mean, Cal Mitchell, I, that's a high floor guy that I think will just will find a way on a big league roster for a while. And um, I, I'm glad you got to see a, a good amount of him this year. He'll probably be one of the next guys to get called up, you think, right? Um, yeah, I would assume him, Kanan Smith, and Jigba is probably pretty close. Um, and then... I guess O'Neill Cruz would be the guy after that. Before we get to pitchers, I realize there's probably something we should talk about. Uh, Nolan Gorman, Matthew Libertor called up. And yeah. I'm like, oh, we didn't even talk about this. And yeah. it's a big deal. So, I mean, we don't need to spend too much time on it. Um, but, you know, because we've talked about it a lot in the past. I think people that listen to the podcast kind of know where I lie on on the Nolan Gorman thing. Like, I think yeah. in certain spots, he can give them a ton of power. And, you know, that that might be all they want right now. Put him against righties. Put him in the right situations. See how he does. Libertor, on the other hand, has looked really good this year, Jack. I, I, I think I think that the thought that Matthew Libertor would ever be this this ace, that ship kind of sailed when I think the Rays said, hey, we're OK trading you um, at this early in your career. I don't think that was the Rays saying you're not going to pan out. That's the Rays saying we don't see an ace here. We see a middle to back end of the rotation guy. I think even the Cardinals may have know, might have known that and were happy to acquire that because that's still extremely valuable. And as we're seeing for the Cardinals right now, they're getting a 22-year-old who is probably going to give them quality starts. And, you know, even if he's a low four ZRA guy, as a lefty in the back end of your rotation, it's extremely valuable, especially for a team like the Cardinals 
I really like what we've seen from, from Libertor so far this year, strikeout rate at an all time high um, ERA consistently strong command looks better. I think he could give them some good outings. Gorman, I'm not as excited about at the big league level to be able to help them now. Again, down the line, I think Gorman could yeah. be great. Another guy that's very young at the AAA level. Yeah, so I, I talked about it on the Just Baseball show a couple of days ago. It might have been earlier this week, and you texted me after I said it. Um, I, I said it's it's time that Nolan Gorman got a shot. And you said, why? Like, you know, he might get blown up by Velo. You know, there's I, I believe I called you a, a bozo, I think is what you I did. Remember. You called me a bozo because it's like, you know, he's going to get blown up by Velo. And I said, yes, but here's the deal, man. He's absolutely shredding sh- through AAA right now. And the Cardinals have this glaring hole right now. DeYoung was optioned down and Edmondo Sosa was the shortstop. Tommy Edmonds going to play short. Nolan Gorman's going to play second. I think that. That's how this shit should work. Uh, and I think that's how it's going to work. And if Gorman gets blown up, then it's a la Kelnick and Gorman goes down and so says the shortstop again. And Tommy Edmund goes right back to second base. But I think for the meantime, until Nolan Gorman proves that he can't hit big league pitching yet, he's got to be the second baseman and Tommy Edmund has to be the shortstop. So you don't think a 34% K rate in AAA is enough to, to, to kind of like deter that, that promotion. Listen, um, I do, but I'm not John Moselock. And I'm also, you know, like we, we can look at the 34% K rate in a vacuum, but you also have to look at Nolan Gorman, the 34% K rate, but what he's doing in, in the power department at AAA. Oh, it's, it's phenomenal. And, I, I have to say, I mean, it's, it's and, unbelievable. What but you doing. also have to look at that compared to the guys above him, DeYoung and Sosa. If they suck, you got to give the guy that sucks the least the shot. Yeah, if you no, want to win now, that's fair. that's fair. And I think in this situation they're in, that's very fair. And I guess you know what? If he hits you two twenty, but he gives you twenty pumps, I think you're you got to be that. okay with that mentally affecting him, though. You got to be okay with him, you know, saying, "Damn, why am I striking out all the time?" You have to have the maturity on that coaching staff. And I think Ali Marmol is a mature enough manager already to walk up to him and say, "Hey, you're going to strike out a lot up here because pitching is better up here than it is." Uh, in AAA where you were, we need you to hit some home runs, play fine defense, and help us win games. See, I agree. I'm worried that that you're you're almost fostering a three true outcome, you know, player here who yeah, doesn't but- need to be fostered into that just yet. He's 22. He has a lot of you know potential. And here's the other thing: 174 against lefties. He shouldn't face a lefty once while he's up there. If that's the case, you know, if you shelter him from lefties, K rate against righties is a little bit lower, closer to 30%. So maybe that will be the way to kind of keep him uh, safe, so to speak, and set him up for success a little bit more. It's just shelter him from all those lefties, which I'm I'm sure they will do. Um, and then also, you know, just, just put him in the right spots against righties. Don't put him out there against Max Scherzer, who's obviously on the shelf right now. But point being, don't put him out there against the guys that are just lights out top end velo dudes you could shelter him in the right spots and you're still getting a big time power back so how about this how about you go gorman at second edmund at short against righties against lefties so said short edmund at second yeah i think that's the best way to do it and um I, again libertor could be a big boost for this team though if we're talking about you know steven Matz with an eight yeah. era getting even a low fours uh, even a mid fours, I think would be great for them. And Libertor is going to get better and better. Another guy that's extremely young who has climbed quickly. Um, I, I think that the ceiling is a number three. 
but man, they could use all the number threes they could get right now. Um, so I yeah, like that you, you got to get a little bit of quality, but you're looking for a whole lot of quantity right now for the Cardinals. And if you're not going to do it via trade, you got to do it from the system. And and that's the that's the guy to promote. So I I, I love it. Uh, I think Alec Burleson might not be too far behind if they need another bat. Uh, but obviously the outfield is is pretty taken care of for yeah. the time being. But I do love Alec Burleson. Uh, second shout out already on this episode. Um, we'll move to the pitching side of things. And I you know I want to start with someone that's probably the least quote unquote underrated, starting to get a ton of hype. But I think we where we talk about our top 100 list and and where we rank guys versus the industry. I don't know if anybody else in the industry, I might be wrong, had Brian Bellow coming into the year as a top 100 prospect. I might be wrong. Maybe a prospectus had him, maybe, but nope. no one had him. Okay. Nope. I want to take our victory lap right now, Jack. Like I, I want to take our victory lap on Brian Bellow because I, there was a lot of detractors from what he had done last year in terms of, I saw a lot of people saying, oh, the fastball is not good enough. Fastball is not good enough. And I, I just put out a piece on justbaseball.com. Um, I'll link that in the description here uh, about what Brian Bello has done to take his game to the next level. Um, but he was already great last year. Uh, he was phenomenal last year. He just the, the ERA didn't totally reflect that at the double A level, uh, four, six, six and double A, but a 3.12 FIP and in high A 2.27 ERA, 2.82 FIP struck out more than 12 and a half batters per nine or close to 12 and a half batters per nine. And the walk rate was, was a little bit iffy, but at times looked strong so far this year, he is striking out guys in bunches. The walk rate is improving. Uh, but what stands out the most to me is forcing fastball was a bit flat shape wise, even though it's in the upper nineties, you know what he does, Jack, he adds a sinker. So now he has a sinker that he goes to that basically is an escape route. As I put in the piece, like it's his escape route from hitters counts. It's his, it's his escape route from jams. So whenever it's a 2-0 count, he can run this 96, 98-mile-an-hour sinker and on the hands of righties, get weak contact, or dive it away from lefties and get a chopper or a wave and a miss. Ground ball rate is up almost 15%. And as a result, we're seeing him great across the board. Changeup is a 70 pitch potentially. Uh, I think right now it's 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 inconsistent with his feel for it, but has the chance to be that. It's a plus offering, no doubt about it. And the slider has turned into a fringe plus pitch. This guy is a top 100 prospect, and he already is for us. I think he's going to be top 75, top 60, and might help the Red Sox this year. Uh, another thing that I want to say, he can go deep in games. Yes. As a 23-year-old with good stuff, he can go deep in games. We saw him throw, what, a seven-inning no-hitter in Portland. Um, so then here we go. Brian Bayo gets he, he gets the promotion to AAA Worcester. And in his AAA debut, he went six innings of two-run ball. He struck out 10. He walked one. In AAA as a 23-year-old arm, this guy can go deep in games. And please check out that piece because I, I I really had a fun time with that. Now that I can Giffy use cat. Giffy Cat, I have the gifts of each pitch, break down what works. But, I mean, Jack, you, you, you're a guy that loves the art of pitching. And I love having these conversations with you. And I mean, the, the nuance to this is, is pretty simple. He had fastball that was hittable last year and a really good changeup and a really good slider that improved. And that's how he rode to success. But if he didn't have the feel for the secondaries, he fell behind and he has to lean on the fastball. It was getting pulverized. Now he has two different looks that he can give you with the fastball. So having that sinker slash two seamer to fall back on and also give another look 2-0 count. What are you sitting on, Jack, if you're a lefty fastball, but it could be a two seamer running away from you or a sinker running away from you or a four seamer up. 
You've got two yeah. different things you got to worry about. Also, the changeup, you know, that's fading away. Four seamer up, two seamer down, slider breaking in on you if you're a lefty. Like there's so many different looks he can give you. Just adding that sinker, I think, gives him just this totally different look and makes hitters way more uh, in their head up there. You know, there are a lot of guys that just have two different looks. And when you see hard, you know where it's going. When you see softer, you know where it's going. Robbie Ray is a victim of that right now. Robbie Ray, you know you're getting a fastball that is straight or a slider that is moving in the same shape that every other slider moves in. With Bale, what he's doing is he's got three different looks of hard, which is insane. So you've got hard that sails up. You've got hard that dives down and you've got hard that runs away. Then you have a change up that dives. You've got three looks of hard, two looks of soft, a great change up and a slider here. I mean, it's so hard to stay on balance. And then you start playing the guessing game and you just can't do that. You can't do it. And before it was like, okay, it's either breaking downwards or it's a fastball up. So when you're in the hitters count, you're just looking up and now that's not the case anymore. Um, there's shades. He's 23 years old. Like you said, going deep into games now because he can pitch to contact and now getting ground balls. Very rare to find high ground ball guys, high K guys. And when, when you pull that type of, uh, data guys that, that get that kind of, you know, batted ball data against them on top of the swing and miss, it's a bit reminiscent of Luis Castillo. Yes. Um, you know, and, and, and Castillo was an overlooked guy as well. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think that that's a crazy ceiling to throw on him at this point. And I think he could help the Red Sox this year. No, it's also um, probably a lower ceiling than you should slap Brian Bayo with because wow. I think he can be better than Luis Castillo. Wow. I mean, you know, Luis Castillo, he's had Jekyll and Hyde type years. Oh, I agree. And, and you saw it last year. I mean, there were times where this guy could not throw a strike. And then when he was throwing a strike, it was down the middle of the plate and guys were teeing off on it. You know, I, I think Bale has better command of more pitches. And Castillo, obviously, the changeup is amazing. But when you can't locate the changeup in the fastball, what are you, right? I think yeah. Bale can work around that. Especially with with the the ability to have the confidence in the zone now with, with, with that sinker. I can't emphasize that. Enough. Zone confidence is everything. It is everything. And he didn't have it before. And he couldn't because it was fastball was getting crushed. And now, you know, it's upper 90s with run. And, and that's really exciting. And I agree. Zone confidence is everything. A guy that really, I the whole question on him was zone confidence because we knew he would be all over the zone. It was just how much swing and miss was he going to get? We've talked about him, so we don't need to spend as much time on him. I am a huge fan of Andrew Abbott. And I know this is like I said, when we went, when we talked about him last time, this is like Jack McMullen's, you know, desired pitcher. I feel like six yes. foot 180 pitchability guy with three, really four offerings that he can give you. Uh, he's awesome. He's really awesome. And uh, what we've seen this year is, is incredible. Uh, he, he pitched his way out of high A real quick. Already has made his debut at double A. Uh, not quite as strong in double through the first start, but okay. So your first start against a very good uh, Tennessee Smokies team uh, and Matt Mervis, uh, who I think had two of the hits against him. But uh, he was dynamite in high A. He'll get acclimated to double. The one question I do have is how good is the stuff uh, to be able to get swings and misses at that higher level? But I just believe in this guy's ability to just get out, mix it up, and keep hitters uncomfortable. And, and he's been dynamite this year with what is a 1.23 ERA. 
He's an upgraded Ryan Yarbrough, man. I mean, Yarbrough, like he doesn't get swings and misses, but everything that people put in play is just soft as hell. Like that's what Andrew Abbott is. He is a better version of Ryan Yarbrough when when he gets to the bigs. Um, And Abbott, 40 punch outs, seven walks in 27 innings in high A. In double A, two starts. And you mentioned he got roughed up a little bit. So bat to ball was a problem. But listen, nine and two thirds innings, 13 punch outs, yet to walk a guy in double A. I'm, I'm totally here for that. I'm totally here. Oh, I that. missed the first start. I missed his first start. So he, he got roughed up his last start, his first double A start, five and two thirds, 12 Ks, three hits, no walks. There we go. What? Don't worry about that. him. Yeah. Don't worry about him. Um, it, the beauty, the beautiful thing about Abbott, you're, you're right. That's my guy. Four year guy at UVA. I I'm all in <laughs> that, that's, that's the immediate selling guy. point is four year college guy, Jackson. Oh, at a high academic school like Virginia too. sign me up for that. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I think Abbott is one of those guys. He and his um, organization mate, Matt McLean, are very similar to me, where yes. there is nothing to worry about with those guys. And no. you can dream on Williamson a lot more than you can dream on Abbott. You can dream on Ellie De La Cruz a lot more than you can dream on McLean. But oh, man, for every Ellie De La Cruz you got, I want myself a Matt McLean. For every Williamson you got and every Hunter Green you got, I want a Lodolo and I want an Andrew Abbott. I'm with you, man. And, and to your point of like what you, the picture you just painted, the Reds are like, they're actually heating up a little bit at the big league level, but the team is disastrous right now. The farm system is turning into one of the best in baseball. It's really good, which is crazy because it wasn't that good that long ago. And I know they had to trade some good players to get there. I get it. But also developmentally, they're doing a great job. And, and draft wise, they're doing a great job. And uh, there's a lot of things that are that are going in the right direction for the Reds. Quick, just kind of rundown on Abbott's arsenal, 92 to 94 on the fastball. But what, what I really like about it is the vertical break. It's got that that life to it. Um, I, I talked to uh, one of my buddies uh, who, again, uh, he's going to be on the show soon enough, Mike Rothenberg. And, and he faced him. He just goes 92 to 94, but it doesn't matter. It's, it's really tough to, to see. And it has a lot of life. And he said that, that their whole team, you know, it, it was a uh, West Michigan, I, I guess it would have been at the time. Yeah. They were all going back to the dugout. Like, how's this guy getting us out? But he is, you know, it's almost like that Nestor Cortez esque type of just, he gets you out and you're like, damn, like I just can't find my comfort in the box. That's what Abbott does with the, with the vertical break on the fastball, but then also the feel for a changeup, a good curveball, and then the mix-in of a slider as well. Uh, he's got so many different looks he can give you, pounds the strike zone. He's the definition of pitchability. Yeah. No, I mean, he's total pitchability, and I think this is a guy that it will have insane healing him. He was a 2021 draft pick, so you know he starts two games in rookie ball, and then he goes to low A. Here we are, high A and double A in 2022. I think this is a guy that could be in triple A at the very least by the end of the year. With you. Absolutely with you. And, and he might break camp by next year. Like that's yeah. how good he that's how good he is and advanced he is. So should be fun to follow. Uh, a guy that I know you're really excited to follow because you got to see some some firsthand looks at him uh last year when he was in high A. Gavin Stone uh, of the Dodgers organization. Uh this is a dude that, you know, I I, I really look at him and I'm like, he's going to be a quick, quick riser, not only up through the minor leagues, but also through the prospect rankings. Uh, his fastball is really good, has really good profile to it. The slider's nasty and the changeup is really good as well. I mean, you, you saw this guy throw. He works quickly. He, he throws a lot of strikes. I, I, I want to hear, you know, why you love him so much, but obviously there's a lot to love. 
Because he's a strike thrower, man. I mean, he got the call from low A to high A. Rancho Cucamonga, he started 17 games, 101 punch outs, 20 walks. That's a great ratio there of strikeouts to walks, right? You're looking at 505 there. When he got the call to high A, he's a 22-year-old last year, more than a year younger than the average pitcher at the high A level, Gavin Stone was striking out seven and a half guys for every one walk. 37 punch outs in five walks. Started this year with Great Lakes, started six games, 28 punch outs, six walks. Just made his double A debut with Tulsa, five innings, eight punch outs, no walks. The Dodgers let him go five. They went, they let him go five and they never let people go. I don't know five. if it was because he was throwing like two pitches an inning or something like that, but like, did <laughs> they let him go five? Um, so yeah, this guy's special. Uh, this guy's really special and, um, I, I, probably a top 100 guy, right? I mean, by midseason, unless he falls on his face all of a sudden, he's probably a top 100 guy. The changeup. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious what you think of the stuff because I don't, I don't think the stuff is top 100 stuff, but I think the way okay. that he uses the stuff. That's fair. So I look at a guy pounding the strike zone, 23, good organization, low to mid 90s fastball plus changeup, average slider. If he's pitching to a low to ZRA in double A by midseason, like I'm not saying for sure, but we're we're discussing him. Yeah, I think that's fair. And that's that's crazy because talk about another just embarrassment of riches on the pitching side. I think he's going to leapfrog some of these other guys that they have in the system. Some of these other pitchers, the Clayton Beaters of the world, like even the Landon Knacks. I love Landon Knack. He might be able to even. Pass my neck. I like Stone a lot more than Beater. Yeah, I do. Beater's a reliever, in my opinion, and yeah, a good one. Could I'm be lights you, out. Yeah. Could be lights out, but he's a reliever. I, I also just did a wellness check on Hyun Il Choi, and it doesn't look like he's well. Just three innings so far this year. I, I wonder if. Choi's oh wow, hurt. that's your guy. That's, that's also my your guy. guy. Oh, um, he's on the seven day IL. It says ooh, brutal. Hopefully he's okay. Uh, yeah. Go going into another guy. Um, that we put on our top 100. I think he rounded out. He was Mr. Quote unquote irrelevant, uh, but it's not irrelevant. If you're on any spot of the top 100 list, I think he was our 100th ranked prospect, Ken Waldachuk. Yeah. Uh, and I, I got a, a couple specific DMS. Like, why would you put Ken Waldachuk in the top 100? Um, I, I talk about his invisible, his imagine the invisible I was talking about with, with Abbott, but harder. Um, and from a guy that throws from a more deceptive arm angle and at six, four, his fastball reminds me a little bit, like I've talked about with, with Trevor Rogers and it sets up his change up extraordinarily well. Uh, it's about the command for, for Ken Waldachuk, but I see a plus plus change up because of the way it plays off his fastball and a plus heater and a, a good enough breaking ball to mix in, you know, from time to time, he really does remind me a bit of, of Trevor Rogers, man. I, I can't help but say it. He's striking out 14 and a half per nine right now in double A. I mean, that's insane. 41.5% of batters. Yes, he's walking three, but that's the best clip of his career. So he's getting better and better in that regard. Uh, I'm in like 1.26 ERA, 2.36 FIP. And again, his fastball, uh, I implore people to, to, to go check out the write up on him um, if you want to be a little bit more sold. But when the fastball has that riding life that you can't pick up out of his hand, and then he also has the change up that you can't pick up that it's, it's the tunneling, right? Fastball riding up, change up, diving down. And you can't tell until it's 28 feet from home plate. 
you're screwed even if you're a lefty or a righty. It works against both handed hitters. And the breaking ball, again, is good enough. And look at Trevor Rogers. The, the slider just needed to be good enough. And that's all he needed. I, I'm, I'm in on Ken Waldachuk. I think he could help the Yankees very soon. I think he's going to be a oh, really good, yeah. really good middle of the rotation starter. Command's going to blow up from time to time. So he'll have, he'll have the blow up outings, but he's going to have those outings where he goes six innings, 10 Ks, and shuts out a really good lineup. And it won't matter who's facing him. Yeah, no, I, I think he's going to get to Scranton very quickly. Like, I, I think he should be in Scranton right now. And he should be, you know, in that wait list, I guess, with Davey and, and Heal. But Heal's with the Yankees as it stands right now, right? Uh, he just went down with an injury, um, I believe. Did he? I think that said okay. down and went down with an injury. So, I mean, when the Yankees, like, inevitably hit pitching depth issues, like, Ken Waldachuk should be one of those guys that's waiting in, in Scranton Wilkesbury. Right in AAA, so I think he's proven everything that he needs to prove in AA. He he started 14 games with AA last year. He had a 4-2 ERA. Like you mentioned, the walks were were rough, but he struck out 108 guys in 79 innings. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, like if he's shoving in AA right now, get him up to AAA and get him in that wait list. Yeah, and one other thing I want to mention: the similarity to Trevor Rogers, reverse splits guy. So Ooh. I love that from a lefty because if you want a lefty to be a starter. <laughs> Wouldn't you rather him be able to get righties out better than lefties? Mm-hmm. The, the fastball works good enough. We'll keep lefties in check. But reverse splits guy because of the fastball change up. Very similar to T-Raw with the Marlins. Uh, so we'll go into a couple more. We got two more pitchers to run down real quick. And one is my favorite. Uh, one of my favorite arms out there. Uh, we just left him off the top 100 list. Kind of kicking myself for it, to be honest. Um, but I love Gavin Williams. Uh, He has been phenomenal. Really, it was track record and a lack thereof for Gavin Williams that left him off the top 100. Because remember, this was a guy that at at ECU that was a reliever until the final year of his of his collegiate career. Command had never really been there um, until that last year. And then he dominated and he pitched his way into being the 23rd overall selection by one of the best organizations at identifying and developing pitching. He's 6'6", 240. And dude, the, the fastball is electric. The stuff is electric and the command ain't so bad out of the gate. Jack, he's walking about just under three per nine through 30 innings uh, at the high A level. I'll take that. I mean, if you like percentages, 8.9% walk rate, 40.2% K rate. I'll take that out of the gate from Gavin Williams. He has faced 112 hitters so far in six starts. How many home runs is he allowed? Uh, I don't think he's allowed one, right? Zero. He's allowed zero home runs. 112 hitters. How many have gotten a hit? 112 hitters. How many have gotten a hit? I feel like it's the walks really where he gets gets the run. 112 hitters. I'm going to say 15 hits. 13 hits. 30 in the third innings, 13 hits against him. No homers. He's got to be ready for double soon, right? He has to be make that Akron, uh, that Akron rubber ducks lineup just off the charts or not right. lineup, but just roster. No, I got to check out that rotation. If Gavin Williams joins the Akron rubber ducks, I mean, that's going to be the most disgusting starting rotation of minor league baseball. I'm so in, <laughs> I love that. I love that. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, so, I, so that would be, that would be Logan Allen, Tanner Burns, Xavier Curry, Daniel Frickin Espino, um, and then you could add Gavin Williams, but then you've also got Joey Cantillo on that team. You've got Hunter Gaddis on that team. Could you imagine having a six game Hankins. stretch, a six game stretch with that, with that against them against oh. Akron? I, I, I think I'd rather sit out. 
And another guy who I kind of liked who was with Fort Wayne last year, Eric Sabrowski was picked up by Cleveland. Sabrowski is a guy that has a hammer of a breaking ball as, as a lefty. I mean, like that pitching staff is nuts. It's yeah. nuts. And honestly, man, like I don't think anyone is quite on the Espino level of stuff because we've talked about how I think he could be the top pitching prospect in baseball once G-Rod graduates. Uh, but Gavin Williams is, is not far off. I mean, we're talking about a fastball with – 96 to 98 mile per hour, like sitting there touching hundred. He touched hundred in college, uh, crazy life, a lot of break to it, horizontal break to it as well. Slider is a sweeper Curveball breaks almost too much. It's too hard to locate for him at this point. I think that's part of the reason why he, he walks guys from time to time and a changeup that he's already shown comfort of mixing in there. He's got some of the best raw stuff in the minor leagues and, uh, He's honing it much better than I think anybody thought he would. Another guy, I'm I'm, I'm broken record here, but he's got to be. He, I will tell you now, I'm putting him on the top 100 unless he hits some crazy wall. No, that's fair. Um, that's absolutely fair. And what I love is he's he's a big boy, right? He's got that massive, massive frame. Um, and I think massive frame guys that have a pitch mix um, and that can pound the strike zone when they're on are yeah, fool's gold. I think that's great. Isn't fool's gold a bad thing? No, I thought fool's gold is like you thought you got real gold and you, you got the, the fake gold. No, I think isn't it when you isn't it when you just luck yourself into something? Is that it? I mean, dude, you're you're way better with these kind of like sayings and stuff than I am. So I'm not trying to dunk on you. I was that was pure curiosity. Oh, no, you're right. Uh, that can be mistaken for gold, a brassy yellow mineral that can be state can be mistaken for. So gold. you just you just won't you just don't want Gavin Williams to be good, man. I'm, I'm just you. an idiot. I'm I'm a doofus idiot, bozo. No, I, you're usually money on those kinds of like what what would that be called? What what is that a, a cliche? Cliche, yeah. You're usually money on the cliches. Yeah, totally. Not today. Not um, today. So two more. Uh, we got actually one more. So last guy, yeah. and he's probably the guy that Jack. I would assume you know the least about because I had to do a recent dive on this guy. Would not. I would actually be shocked if you knew much on this guy, and I didn't even prepare you to, to let you know that I was going to mention him. Ricky Tiedemann. So I'll let you pull up the fan graphs page because I wouldn't expect you to know Ricky Tiedemann. I'm going to describe Ricky Tiedemann to you. And then you're going to tell me how this sounds. Okay. So you have the numbers in front of you, which I'm sure are nuts. Um, and actually I realize I'm going to have to name one more player after this because um, even though he's a first round pick, I'm going to consider him underrated because he's not on very many top 100 lists. But first, let's get to Ricky Tiedemann of the Blue Jays organization, left-handed pitching prospect. Um, you have it in front of you. When was he drafted again? 2021. Okay. Third round 2021 at a Golden West College in Huntington Beach, California. Whatever the hell that is. Um, so the pride of, of, of Golden West College, you said? Yeah. Okay. 95 to 97 on the fastball, 2,400 RPMs. Uh, with 17 inches of horizontal movement. Jesus. Slider is 81 to 83, 2,700 RPMs, 13 inches of horizontal movement, only three inches of vertical movement. Change up. This is the, the nastiest pitch. 85 to 87 with 18.3 inches of horizontal movement. I would honestly like to see him have a four-seamer that's just straight because everything right now is horizontal off the charts. And I think if he could mix in a little bit more of a straight line fastball, he'd be in great shape. But I don't even have the numbers in front of me. Tell me with that arsenal from a 6'4", 220-pound, 19-year-old, what is that developed into numbers-wise? Because I don't have his numbers in front of me. 
one eight ERA through six starts, 30 innings, 11 hits, 49 punch outs, 13 walks, 30 innings, 49 punch outs, 14 and a half or strikeouts per nine, uh, a little under four walks per nine. But I mean, dude, 110 hitters faced 49 punch outs. It's like 40 percent. This is this is a diamond in the rough that we that they just found. The Blue Jays just found this guy. He's nasty. Here's what I'm going to tell you about the changeup, though. These West Coast changeups, these California changeups. I learned this from Chris Murphy, who's in the Red Sox system, who's got that nasty changeup, which I'm sure you've seen. Mm -hmm. I said, how do you do that? It looks like blitz ball. And he said, honestly, dude, it's just a West Coast thing. Like everybody asks me how I do this, but everybody's changeup on the West Coast growing up moves like this it's got this horizontal movement like i don't really understand how it works it's like this circle change on steroids i don't get it that's insane i've never heard that that's pretty yeah west coast change up one more name i want to i want to highlight real quick um because it's it's stupid what he's doing he's a south florida guy went to my rival high school andrew painter you know it's kind of hard to call him underrated given that he was a first round pick but six foot seven 215 pounds he's 19 years old um I know Andrew Painter's numbers. I don't know if you know them. So I want you to pull up Andrew Painter's numbers. Uh, admittedly, he's walking some guys, but this is a 19 year old who's six foot seven and low A. I want your organic reaction to his numbers because I'm very excited to see your organic reaction. And then I'll tell you what his stuff looks like. I knew how good his numbers were already. Did you? Yeah. Did you, I, I took a peek. Uh, no, I, I knew because he had this insane start to the year. Yeah. And then he just hasn't tapered off. Six starts, a 1-1-4 ERA. That means three earned runs in 23 and two-thirds innings. Of the the 91 hitters that he's faced, 47 (laughs) punch-outs. Is that a 55% K rate? Yeah. I assumed you didn't see the numbers because he doesn't usually qualify yet innings-wise when you look on fan graphs. I missed him for a while through like the first five or four starts. It wasn't until like his fifth start where I looked. I think he was 20 innings in or something like that and had, you know, no earned runs or something close to that and was striking out everybody. And I was like, holy crap. So I went and did the dive. Dude, he's disgusting. He is utterly disgusting. He's sitting 97 to 99, touching 101, a slider in the mid 80s that is nasty with tons of horizontal break, a gross curveball as well. He's mixed in a changeup, but I have never seen a fastball with this much vertical break at that speed. 20 inches at times, 21 inches on some fastballs of vertical break. And what that means is it's, is the opposite. Like it's not diving down. It's, it's staying up on a line, the more vertical break, the more of that perceived rising action you have. That's up there with anybody in the big leagues fastball wise. Like that's the Grom esque in terms of vertical break, which is crazy to say, obviously he doesn't have the command of it, but this is a guy that could be one of the nastiest pitchers in the minor leagues very soon. He's 6'7", 215, may I remind you, at 19 years old. And you know what? The command could be worse. I would have thought it would be a little bit worse, to be honest. Yeah, I guess. Um, I like. I don't know. I, I didn't know much about Painter coming out of high school. Um, but, I mean, the Phillies, it, it feels like they have just struck gold and not fool's gold. Not fool's gold, the real, the real kind. The real gold with, with Mick Abel and with this guy, Andy Painter. 100%, 100%. And I'll, I'll, I'll end it with this. Out of all the guys we mentioned, oh, we also have to, you know, out of all the guys we mentioned and we've talked about, 
which would you, you don't know the card prices. I have them in front of me. If you're going on eBay, which are you investing in out of these guys? And then obviously price matters, but I want, I want the price bias to be eliminated. I want, we're looking at the position players first because most yeah. people don't like investing in pitchers. I still think we just talked about it on cardboard consultants actually, which is our YouTube uh, baseball card show. Um, I still think there's money to be made on pitchers and Brian Bellow is in the new uh, 2022 Bowman baseball set that y- you can uh, go get right now. It just came out, <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. out of Casey Schmidt, Gerard Encarnacion, Estory Ruiz and Mason Martin and Cal Mitchell, which card would you be purchasing? Um, I would probably, I would probably be going with his story Ruiz just because like he could be a stolen base leader and he could, you know, hit 15 bombs. Um, I, I think this is the kind of guy with Mondesi level stolen base number possibilities where, you know, he's just going to be a threat to go. And I think Mondesi, if Edelberto Mondesi was healthy and he hasn't gotten hurt throughout the entirety of his career, I, I think we're looking at this guy as, as a card that's worth a fortune because he's climbing up you know, the stolen base leaderboards very, very quickly, and I think that's what a story Ruiz could be. What do, you think his, what do you think his ceiling is? It's almost like unimaginable, right? I guess it's a healthy Mondesi with more power. That's unbelievable. It's guess unbelievable. What, guess what his Bowman Chrome Auto is right now on eBay. What? I'm looking at the most recent sale as of yesterday. $38. Oh, my God. I, I'm, I'm, I will confirm to buy them. And I know I say this a lot. I trust me, I'm spending a lot of money. Um, I'm buying it because I pulled a Brian Acuna um, who we can't even speak about. Cause I don't even know what his swing looks like. Um, yeah. I don't even know anything about him. He's 16. He stats? No, of course not. I don't even know if he's like come stateside. He's 16 years old. Um, I pulled his card in, in the most recent 2022 Bowman autograph out of a hundred. You know what the comps, the comp is for it. And I'm not trying to like flex and say, oh, I just made this money because I've spent way more. But the point is like, I'm going to sell this card. It's, it's for sale right now. And I'm going to use a lot of that money to buy a story Ruiz, to buy some of these other prospects that we're talking about all the time on here. What do you think the comp is for an out of 100 Brian Acuna Bowman Chrome Auto, the most recent sale on that? Um, well, before I get into that, I just want to say that Brian Acuna's MILB.com page uh, says Brian Acuna does not have any stats yet because he was born August 11th, 2005 in Manchester, New Hampshire. Uh, he's the brother of Ronald Acuna Jr. Yes. Um, that's all the information I have on him. He's six foot 176. For our YouTube friends, I'm holding up the card right now. Brian um, Acuna. What do you think? It, what do you think it's uh, the most recent sale was? Uh, out of a hundred, Otta. Eight hundred bucks. One point three. One thousand three hundred dollars. Thirteen hundred dollars. One point three makes it sound like million. One point three million dollars. I wish that does. Thirteen hundred. But here's the thing: millions don't even compute in my mind. I don't know what that looks like. So anything point yeah. what is thousands, right? That's that's what we're sure. what, what's what we're hoping yeah. to make around here. <laughs> but thirteen hundred. So my point is this, when we're talking about eBay investments and stuff like that, give me like 30 Astori Ruizes, <laughs> you know, like yeah. then the 16 year old who has the same last name as a guy that's really good in the big league level. I, Brian Acuna could be great, but he's far off. Uh, I would rather have Astori Ruiz, who I'd argue has just as much upside, just doesn't have, you know, the name. Uh, What's the upside of Brian Acuna? We have no idea. No idea. I have not a clue. Not a clue. Colt Keith or Casey Schmidt? Casey Schmidt. Colt Keith is $26 for his Bowman Chrome Auto right now, which I think is still a buy because these are all guys that are, are raking right now. Casey yeah. Schmidt is even cheaper, 15 bucks for his Bowman Chrome Auto. 
And here's the thing. I don't think Casey Schmidt's going to be a superstar, but he's a high probability big leaguer. And you're not going to find very many high, like very many big leaguers that are $15 for their Bowman Cromato that are like good big leaguers. And I think he could be a very solid big leaguer. Yeah, no, I mean like that, that spikes to about a hundred bucks if he's a good big leaguer. So on the pitching side, you have to find a pitcher that is going to legitimately be an ace. If you're going to really, really make big return. So it, it, you, you got to take on the risk. And I think I know my answer here, although you could probably make it honestly, you can make a, a case for a few different guys, Gavin Williams, I'm not buying Andrew Abbott. I mean, it would be fun, I guess, if you want. If it's cheap, you'll probably make some money. But in terms of upside, who would you invest in? Gavin Williams, Andrew Painter, or Ricky Tiedemann? Andrew Painter. Andrew Painter? But doubt in my mind, Andrew Painter. Let's see what he's going for. eBay has Andy Painter at... Whoa. Why, why is he going for so much? Because he's having an insane start to the year. Yeah. Andy Painter ain't cheap. So, I mean, I, yeah, if you pull an Andy Painter, hold on to that bad boy. Uh, but, yeah, like 50, 60 bucks for a new pitcher is, is a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. So that's a good, that's a good, uh, it's a good pull. Uh, and one recently went for $142. What is happening here? That's big time. How about it, man? I love it. I love it. So if you pull Andy Painter, hold on to it. Uh, I would buy some Gavin Williams if I'm going to look at look at some uh, pitchers, but probably don't want to spend too much on pitchers. Only guy I'm buying pitching-wise is G-Rod, and we got him right here. But boom, that's it. That'll do it for today's Friday episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you take the time to leave a rating, that would help us immensely. Check out the Brian Bellow piece, link in the description. Also, download the Loop app. Link in the description. If you download that app, you get a $20 credit to try to pull some of these cards that we just talked about. Uh, loop 24-7 breaks on the app, at the literally at your fingertips. Or you can also just go on eBay and go buy the cards that way too if you don't yeah. want to try your luck. But a free $20 credit for downloading the link in our description, why not? And then when you pull something great, you can go sell it on eBay and yes. make free money. Uh, but that'll do it for me. Jack, any final thoughts before uh, you and I are going to see each other very soon on the road uh, through the South? Yeah, I don't think so, man. You're going to be stunned when I when I pop out of the car and I'm like four foot ten. I know you already, bro. <laughs> Met you in college. Doesn't you can't do that. You can't pull that one on me. Has been a while since I've seen you. Very excited to do this road trip, and we'll have the coverage all the way. It's going to be really fun. Uh, join us along on Twitter and YouTube and on here, and we'll have a lot of interviews and a lot of fun content. So we will talk to you from all over the south. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.